0: Hello, my name is Ernie Vecchio, author, trauma psychologist, and mentor, inviting you to join me on the Heart is Compass podcast. As is always the case, the path forward is inward. I will see you on the inside. When you're actually getting present, what you're really saying is, is that you are seeing in a panoramic kind of way versus a myoptic narrow. Your field of vision has just multiplied Yeah. when you're in that panoramic place. And so when I talk to people about depression, I tell them to tell me what their peripheral vision is. And they go, what? And I go, well, peripherally, you sound like you're in a dark place. What's it look like in the dark? What's in front of you? What's beside you? What's behind you? And what they tell you every time is darkness Hmm. because they're depressed. I said, okay, so then what you're coming to see me for is to find the light in that dark place. And they go, yeah, I guess we'll look up. That's actually called the depression well.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: That people fall down inside of, and they don't know how to get out because they're traveling left, right, and back and forward in the dark and not realizing Uh that the light is above them. And I've actually had had people climb up this ladder that is called the depression well and say, imagine yourself going up this ladder, and the closer you get to the top of the well – Imagine you're now looking from the bottom up at yourself, climbing. What do you see above your head? What does it look like? Everybody says the same thing. It looks like a halo.
1: Mm. Wow.
0: So, And that really is just horizontal, vertical, dimensional speech. The person who comes in and says they're depressed, what they're really saying is, I have no peripheral vision. I cannot see in front. I cannot see behind me i'm sitting in the dark and so they're they're simply saying that no matter where i look horizontally there is no out and so what you're teaching them in therapy is that sort of the exit is vertical was mm-hmm. never horizontal mm. and again it's using their language their images and that's why images are so powerful people give you an image for depression they give you an image for fear they give you an image for anger and with that image you can then move them in some direction.
1: I'm trying to think it's, times that I've for whatever reason lost presence and kind of an ability almost to see all around me this more narrow myopic viewpoint. I don't know that I could pinpoint what causes it or what creates it. I I know when I'm in it because I can't stand the feeling. I can't stand that experience. And I very seldom get to that kind of place anymore, but I don't know that I really understand what brings me into that to begin with.
0: What was the question? I'm not sure if I I heard your question.
1: There have been times where I fell into, for whatever reason, a myopic, narrow viewpoint. And I don't know that I understand what causes that, what takes me away from presence and being open and free and authentic. I must be sacrificing my authentic self.
0: The way I would say that is it wasn't anything that you did. It's a bunch of stuff you stopped doing. Hmm. What you are being when you are present is what you were in the beginning. When you start doing instead of being, you lose the being.
1: Well, that's it. That's
0: it. I left a kernel for you, and and it wasn't on purpose because I didn't really realize what I had said until I wrote it and saw it. Mm -hmm. And I went, wow, that's a whole podcast by itself. Read that last verse.
1: With the CBT, people are reprogramming without healing. You are what the ego thinks. You are what the ego believes. You are the ego that observes your thoughts and believes you are shadow. This is what it emotes like to be what I had to become. Where the spiritual movement is stuck. You are what you think. You are what you believe. You are what is observing your thoughts and beliefs. You are presence. This is what it feels like to be what I am what feels the ego's thoughts. You are what emotes the ego's beliefs. You are what observes the heart pointing the way for both. You are consciousness, a deliberate guided intelligence. It's a symbiotic self-correcting navigational system that bridges the interference between a disturbing presence and consciousness.
0: So did you catch what the kernel is hmm. and what you just read?
1: Well, what's standing out is is a full, symbiotic, self-correcting navigational system that bridges the interference between a disturbing presence and consciousness. That piece right there, I didn't fully
0: understand. Okay, that's where the kernel is. It's the phrase disturbing presence. Yeah, because I didn't realize until after I wrote that that nobody thinks of presence as being disturbing. But is it not quite disturbing? No. <laughs> yeah, it is. Why is it disturbing?
1: I don't know that it is.
0: Think about it, Irma. Why am I saying that it is disturbing? Maybe I should rephrase the question. What would be a disturbing presence?
1: I know for me, when I am disturbed in the present moment, it's because I somehow have fallen into feeling um, caged by the ego.
0: Yeah, you're, you're getting very warm. Because when I wrote that, I wasn't thinking anything. I just wrote what I wrote. But mm-hmm. then after I came back and looked at it, I went, "Wow, well, I don't think I've ever said that before, that way. And there's all kinds of disturbance in presence. And the biggest disturbance of all is that nobody else is there with you. Mm-hmm. Number two, the collective ego is constantly trying to take you out of that presence. Yeah. Yeah. So there is resistance to the presence. Because we have the cognitive behavioral people telling us that how you think is how you feel and medical science saying what you believe you become and the gap between those two schools of thought is the disturbing presence. So even if you're present in the void, you're disturbed simply because of the resistance of the ego itself, your own personal ego of not wanting to be present just in a a millisecond can be taken away from presence. And so I never thought about it that way before until I wrote it out. And I went, you know, gosh, that's, that's kind of an oxymoron. One sounds like the opposite of the other. Disturbance and presence right. don't seem to fit in the same sentence. But literally, that's the truth. Real presence is quite disturbing but only because of the personal ego's resistance to it and the collective ego's opposition to letting you stay there. Yeah,
1: and I do remember when you first sent this, that stuck with me,
0: like, because of what you're just saying, that disturbing and present for me. Don't belong in the same sentence, yeah. And when I wrote that, I thought, do I want to change that, what I just said? And I thought, no, that, that's a brand new kernel of something that came through. The soul was essentially saying is, well, wait a minute, this symbiosis that you're talking about, this collaborative relationship of these, fields of vision or these lenses that you're looking through the symbiosis of all that if aligned allows the heart to point the way but don't forget that from my perspective as the soul i'm going to be disturbed Mhm. right back to the ego so it really fits the ego interference idea remember the title of the book is to uh you know, install the hardest compass to spike the ego's interference. Well, what is the ego's interference? It interferes with presence. And that's quite disturbing.
1: Yeah, I can definitely see that now. And also the bridge between the two.
0: And something that came to me as well, and I know we've said it in different uh, talks before, but, Something else that came through as I was listening to that little podcast that I put together is, is that I talk about building this bridge. Uh, one of the things that I left out and that I want people to understand is that in this concept of uh, learn from your adversity, grow from your adversity, and then that will provide you salvation, really extrapolate from that 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 will possibly provide you a salary if you can then monetize that wisdom.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: To, to the world and the building of that bridge as you attempt to monetize your own salvation what do you have to have for that bridge to work you move back and forth across that bridge huh. in other words you've reached presence you're enlightened, you're evolved you've had an adverse experience it grew you, you wrote a book about it your publicist is telling you now that you should monetize it Let's say you pull that off, and you do. You make gobs of money.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Where is the bridge in this process, and how does the bridge get built between that salvation that you've just achieved and the world of ego?
1: I, I don't know.
0: Humility. Hey. You cannot build the bridge without humility. If You're not humbled by the adversity. You didn't learn anything.
1: You could still get to that place of you your... You know, you're in this place of you wrote a book, you're making all this money, you're famous, whatever. But without the humility, it's kind of empty.
0: Without the humility, you forgot where you came from.
1: The needle turns an
0: come to his heart. Do you ever get the feeling it's pointing to the start? Something So
1: much bigger So much better